Hello everyone, before we get started, I just want to tell you that we are doing another movie live tweet! Woo! Our first one for the Philosopher's Stone was a lot of fun, and our next one, which we will be doing at 5pm Eastern Standard Time on Sunday, May 24th, will be for the Chamber of Secrets, and we'll be there for the entire... Two hours and 54 minutes. Why is this movie so long? This The book isn't even that long. It's not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, join us on Twitter and it'll be great. It's going to be so much fun. And we will both definitely be drunk. So you can definitely... the if, end. <laughs> if nothing else, you can enjoy how much more ruthless we get <laughs> as the movie progresses. <laughs> Uh, all right, next up, some pride information, because apparently that's in two weeks. We are going to be doing a pride episode where we answer your questions about queerness and gender. Um, those have to be submitted by June 1st. So please get on that if you want to ask us questions. They can be like questions specific to your life they can be more general questions or they can be questions about my and or jesse's experiences that you want to hear us talk more about or a conglomeration of those things so yeah send those to the gaily prophet at gmail.com and we will probably answer them uh also make sure that you're following us on all of our social channels because we're gonna be doing lots of virtual pride stuff yeah, stuff that it'll be so, you know, it'll be a surprise even for us what we're doing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, so please tune in. It's going to be great. Uh, we're going to have a lot of fun in our homes. <laughs> yep. Uh, we, have, we have a couple of new patrons we want to thank. Caden the Ravenclaw and Rue. Thank you so, so much for supporting us. You are, you both are incredible human beings. And speaking of wonderful humans, thank you so much to our newest reviewers, Miss Maddie May, XX Noisy XX, aka Nora Rachel, who you should all follow on Instagram because they're an incredible artist. Their Instagram ad is Nora Rachel Art. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Supreme Scream One and our third Willow. Post-1999 Willow. (gasps) So exciting. So we now have Ghost Willow, Vampire Willow, and Post-1999 Willow. Y'all are really rising to the occasion. Please continue making new iTunes accounts of different iterations of Willow (laughs) and leaving us reviews. It's the best. Uh, So, so great. All right. One last thing before we get started with the episode. Uh, We have a content warning in one of our tangents we ended up talking about the dark web and we mentioned pedophilia and that i say the word and talk about it in a general concept so if that is disturbing for you um, or if that is not a thing you want to hear uh you'll want to go ahead and just skip the health and science section would be the easiest way for you to to avoid that but it really is like the word there's no in-depth discussions of anything. Yeah. So I just want to let everyone know that. And with all of that said, let's go on to the episode. Off we go. 
feel like I should have had a kazoo, like a. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled. And that's your choice in this world. Gay people love puns. I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. Well, this book causes Satanism. Is left for us to rant about. There is nothing straight about plum velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person. I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Minerva McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry Potter. Hello, listeners. My mic decided to die literally before, right before we recorded this episode. So my audio might is going to be not as high quality as you all are used to. Thanks for bearing with us. Ideally, I will have a new and better mic so you can truly hear the nuances in my voice whenever I'm upset about a thing in this fucking school. <laughs> And with that, let's get started. <laughs> let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Gaily Prophet, a humorous yet ruthless podcast where two queer IRL witches reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite Griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Griffin Dyke Extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter 14, Snake's Grudge. Right off the heels of the last chapter, Sirius is no longer in the school. And Ron enjoys his five minutes of fame, and sweet summer child Neville is punished for living his neuroatypical life yet again. Harry and Ron visit Hagrid, who gives them the stern mom top of please stop this nonsense with your siblings, and please make up with little success. The boys are, sh- are the boys feel ashamed for not fucking helping Harry with Buckbeak. Thank God Hermione found the time. But um bum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Harry sneaks into Hogmeade's the following Saturday, bringing his invisibility cloak, the map, but not an alibi. Harry gets caught because he literally could not resist fucking with Malfoy and rushes back to the castle just in time to be caught by Snape. Snape tries to intimidate the information out of Harry, which fails, but we learn that the reason that James saved Snape's life was due to a nearly fatal prank played by James and his friends, which is mostly true. Snape discovers the map, and while he can't access it, calls Lupin in to look over this quote-unquote dark magical item. Lupin, knowing exactly what Snape has, covers for Harry and takes the map, then rightfully shames Harry for being a dumbass when someone is out to murder him. Harry returns to Gryffindor Tower with Ron to learn from Hermione that Hagrid lost the case and Buckbeak will be executed. Yes. And... We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Harry Potter blows away competition to take first place for making the worst decisions, being the worst friend, and being the worst liar all in one chapter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Harry is... (sighs) They're both just such... We'll get into it anyway. Yes. We turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other sections of this newspaper. Do you want to start us off? 
Uh, <laughs> you don't have no. to. Okay. You go first. All right. Uh, my first front page is that there is a not very, a not thinly veiled uh, security troll dick joke in this. And I'm just I like, know. JKR, this is a book for children. <laughs> <laughs> My uh, my note on the security trolls is: are they are they just like stereotypical cis dudes in Halloween makeup? <laughs> 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 they like talk in grunts and compare dick sizes and like think it's funny to intimidate children. I'm like, I think I've known some of these dudes. Yeah, I've definitely been to frat parties with these dudes back in my college days. Exactly. Uh, my next front page is just Ron's ridiculous not logic about the security of the secret passageway through Honeydukes. Like, it doesn't mean that Sirius can't get through it, because clearly... I think Ron's right. Really? I do. Sirius is coming in through the Whomping Willow. He, he is coming through through the Whomping Willow. I think that... It would be hard for him to, but I feel like it's not impossible for him to have used this if he needed to use this way to, of getting in and out of the castle. You're probably right because obviously he is sneaking into the castle unnoticed, so maybe he's very sneaky. But I don't know. I was like, I feel like Ron's logic is legit. If Sirius was using that, it seems reasonable that he would be having to break into Honeydukes, and you know, Hogsmeade is swarming with Dementors in the evenings. I was like, no, that seems true. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So my first one has to do with grammar, but not really. So Hagrid sends this note to them, which includes a semicolon, the least used and most confusing punctuation and hag like hagrid who can't spell voldemort is not using semicolons in her notes to harry i won't use a semicolon and i was raised by an english professor i'm like that's a confusing piece of punctuation she uses it right and there's no like literally zero shame happening coming from me towards hagrid in this this is 100% like jk rowling get your shit together and replace that with a dash like no, Hagrid did not use a semicolon. This is completely out of character, and I don't approve, and it makes me very unhappy. Uh, I think that's really funny. I actually didn't notice that. <laughs> this is actually also extra funny because I don't have very good grammar because of learning disability stuff, but I like went out of my way to like figure out the correct way to use a semicolon. Not that I often use semicolons, because there really is a lot of times a comma or a stop, a period really works best, um, or a dash, but that is the one punctuation that I can use correctly. <laughs> yeah, I only ever use them for complicated lists, like lists where the items on the list include yeah. a comma. That's when I'll use a semicolon. The rest of the time, you can always replace it with something else, and I'm like, too risky not gonna use it i still look it up sometimes when i'm like should i use it i'm like i still don't understand how to use this i'm not gonna do it i'm just gonna use a fucking dash yeah i feel like i i only use it in complicated lists 
or in creative writing if I have an, an incredibly long sentence, which I often do because... You're an extremely descriptive writer. I mean, sen- sentence length are important to the flow of writing. So, Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I only noticed it because I was looking really closely at this note to see how much of it was written in Hagrid's accent because she uses round instead of around with a apostrophe to denote the lack of a and I was like is that weird or not weird and so I was just looking I was just reading it really closely to see how much that was happening and then I was like is that a fucking semicolon <laughs> what is that doing in this note I don't approve I, I, I do actually like this bit because right there's no reason for there to be a semicolon no we can all just throw them away Mm-hmm. Get rid of semicolons 2020. This is my. <laughs> I don't even know. Anyway, please t- do your next item of business. Uh, I just have a, a very sad face for uh, a very skeletal and dirty haired Sirius. This makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty horrifying. Uh, I have sort of a, just a giant. Hagrid segment here, I guess. Okay. Her suit is such a particular, like, butch dyke energy, I feel like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Intentionally ugly formal wear is just a very specific energy that makes so much sense with Hagrid. You know, I actually do have. I had a note that I actually had left out, but since you brought this up, I want to mention it. Is that so? The color scheme of her outfit is it's a hairy brown suit with a uh, yellow and orange tie. Nothing about the shirt underneath it, but we can maybe assume it's a, a, some kind of solid color. Mm-hmm. This color scheme is actually very in style in a way that sometimes like queers are unintentionally in style because fashion just follows whatever the fuck queer people are doing. Right. Yeah. It's very seventies. I feel like it's to me, I'm like, that's a corduroy suit, you know, which is tacky. I was going to say, if this was like brown corduroy or brown velvet, this would be such a look. Yeah. And I think that it is, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. only very specific people can pull it off. And by very specific people, I mean queer people. And so obviously Hagrid is going to pull off this look. And it just, it's very fitting. It's like, of course, this is what you wear to go to court. Like, it's so perfect. Listen, uh, it is probably very hard to find clothing that fits her. And as someone who has, I mean, we have much different body issues. Hagrid and I, but it's hard to find a, a suit jacket that looks good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta be like, this is the thing, this is the only thing that I'm wearing formally because mm-hmm. it fucking looks, it fucking works. So. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know uh, about the the big, big and tall, tall at, uh, in Diagon Alley. I'm not sure if that exists. I really hope that someone can just do a charm to make whatever the fuck she wants fit her 
That's true. Also, everything in this world is apparently custom made, right? By Madame Malkin. So, yeah. I like to think that it's an intentional choice. Oh, no, it's it's definitely an intentional choice. I okay. didn't mean to, like, make it sound like this is the only thing there was. It's like, you know, you see a thing at a thrift store and you're like, this is so ridiculous, I need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so the other thing about Hagrid is you mentioned this in your uh, chapter description, just how much mom energy she's bringing in this chapter. Like, she's been momming Hermione this whole time, like, being there for her, letting Hermione cry to her, and then she's like, okay, you know, it's been long enough, I'm going to step in and give these boys a talking to that they desperately need to be given and she does it in such a like gentle but firm way uh i just i just love everything about it it is it is really such an excellent scene and i actually i have a lot about it in editorial well actually mostly about the talk itself but yeah like hager is so good at giving this talk and She's just like, no, this is for real. Stop fucking being shitty to Hermione. I mean, they don't, but... (laughs) Like, she tries really hard to be like, y'all are being pieces of shit to Hermione. Yeah, and I really love that she's... That Hermione has had Hagrid to go to throughout this. Mm -hmm. I find it very relieving to be given the information that at least Hermione has had Hagrid. Right, like, at least... I mean, I'm sure Hermione has done a lot of crying into Crookshanks's fur but like I'm glad that she's talking to someone who can speak back to her <laughs> yeah definitely so yeah okay what do you have next um Neville's eating cornflakes where the fuck do these cornflakes come from like are the, are the house elves making cornflakes from scratch are they like this is an excellent question someone is someone going to the store like once a year to buy like a palette of <laughs> of cornflakes and like apparate it back to Hogwarts. Oh my gosh! So uh, making just... homemade cornflakes is such a quarantine mood. Can I just say? <laughs> I feel like there are definitely people out there who are making their own artisan cornflakes right now. I've, I've definitely seen recipes for shit like that, and it's it is up my alley, but it's. That's, like, too far even for me. I mean, cornflakes just aren't good enough to be worth making homemade. Yeah, I mean, cereal isn't, like, eat some oatmeal or something and not try to make your own fucking cornflakes. Eat some polenta for breakfast. I don't know. Yeah. Or some grits. Either of these other corn-based things that doesn't require you to, like, roll out or press or however the fuck you do that. Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah, the cornflakes took me out of world- also i'm glad you brought that up okay so i have a question for you okay do you think that the post office in hogsmeade is the only post office in the uk no i don't know why they have 300 owls if they're not serving servicing it's the only fully magical village that's what the only reason that i think so so like where else do you hide a post office that's just full of owls and everyone can apparate to Hogsmeade to send their letters, presumably. Hmm. And so it 
might make sense. And if if it's not, there's just no reason for there to be 300 owls in this post office in this tiny fucking town. Maybe it's like their version of like a main branch post office versus a like tinier one. You go to like your buy some stamps or you're mailing a package, but not the one you can get like your passport at at like 4 a.m. or something. Oh, yeah. So it's the hub or whatever. Because it seems weird there would not at least be one post office in all of London. Right. I agree. It is weird we never see anyone using the post office. No, because you literally don't need to. They don't need to have a post office. They have all these owls at Hogwarts. Everyone has an owl. I don't know. I guess if you don't want to buy an owl or you want to send something internationally and your owl is too old to go. But isn't the point of... I just feel like if you don't have an owl and you want to send a letter to someone, you can do the thing where you put your head in a fire, you can apparate to their house, you can do so many things that don't involve... The extra it's just the extra step of going to the post office and acquiring an owl that then takes the letter and then what goes back to the post office for you to get the letter or does that owl just sort of become like in your possession until that correspondence is over how does all of that work it doesn't make any sense because the letters don't go through a post office they go directly from one house to another i guess i was imagining that you go to the post office and you like rent the owl and it goes delivers the letter and then it comes back to the post office but what if the person writes you back well as we see in the series you have to do it kind of immediately or the owl will just annoy you (laughs) until you fucking do it right but if they write you back then the owl can't go back to that post office it has to deliver the letter to you and then if you write the person back again, you could be in a months long correspondence with this person and the owl is what just, are you paying by the day? I mean, if there's that many owls, maybe it wouldn't be the same owl every time. I do agree with you that this doesn't make any sense for them to have a post office. <laughs> it, at the very least doesn't make sense for there to be so many owls. 300 owls. Maybe this is what controls the rat problem at Hogwarts. <laughs> They just, every every six months, they send the children away. Or every, when the school gets out for the summer, all the post owls from both Hogwarts and Hogsmeade come in and they just hunt all of the castle and get rid of all the mice. It would be very effective. Owls are definitely more effective at something like that than cats are. Yeah. Excellent hunters. They re- They really are. A great, a great animal. It's your turn. Uh, this is just another re- reaction, which is Buckbeak being so comfortable on Hagrid's bed is like cry emoji. It's like last time they were at the hut, Buckbeak was by the fire. And yeah. the time he's just spread out in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. I know, it's really beautiful. And it's probably like this thing where it's like, all right, just this time. But it's really been like two weeks since Buckbeak, since Hagrid and Buckbeak have been sharing the bed. I know. I had a friend who didn't want his dog to sleep in bed with him, but the dog really wanted to sleep in bed with him and was very sad about it. And so my friend just 
started sleeping on the couch with his dog and it was supposed to be a one-time thing like okay you're really sad tonight we can cuddle and then we talked and he was like yeah I've been sleeping on the couch with Lefty for like a month now and I was like my friend just let Lefty sleep in the bed like this is ridiculous you are depriving yourself of sleeping in your own bed it's time to it's time to give up on this yeah just wash your sheets more often it's fine totally dogs are so gross (laughs) i change my sheets all the time also they have their own blanket inside (laughs) of the bed i'm like you guys are over there this is my spot that's that's very funny uh so very little that's funny happens in this chapter but ron saying it's very haunted up here isn't it is really funny and i appreciate (laughs) it just the general atmosphere of haunted yeah really you know spring breeze and the hauntedness i've been (laughs) to places like that fair oh uh just imagining hagrid and buckbeak on the night bus and i hope those beds have an expandable charm because neither of them are gonna fit on the beds or really i can't really imagine fitting even in the bus itself because buckbeak is horse sized <laughs> and hagrid is twice the size of a normal person <laughs> thank you this doesn't make any sense what do you mean you're gonna take the hippogriff on the bus <laughs> what are you talking about that's oh. ridiculous all of the options that we came up with last time when we were like, how the fuck is she going to get this hippogriff to to London were better options than the actual canon option, which is taking Buckbeak on the bus. Oh my god, okay. Wait, have you, have you ever seen images? Uh, so apparently in New York City, you can't take your dog on the subway unless it fits into a bag. So there's photos of like people who have like pit bulls like wearing a like ikea bag and like a husky like in someone's backpack i'm just sort of imagining now Hagrid trying to pretend that buckbeak fits into a bag <laughs> it's just like there's just like a leather strap around buckbeak's middle and like a little bit of canvas to be like he's in a bag it works we can get on the bus now. incredible and is a horse to a Hagrid, essentially a Great Dane to a me. Horses are like six feet tall, right? Hagrid is 12 feet tall. So she could totally put a horse in an Ikea bag and be like... This is true. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it depends on like how big hippogriffs are because horses also vary in size. Um, True. My God, what if they're a like Shetland pony size hippogriff? Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Man, why why can't science give me that? Like, that's all I want. (laughs) A small mythical creature. (laughs) Oh, so good. All right, it's your turn. My last front page is just, I know we'll talk about the whole Snape thing in another section, but just all of the really, really good lines that Snape gets. 
I am so here for everything about Snape in this chapter. There's not, I don't think there's a single moment that I'm like, I hate you. I'm I'm actually surprised. I thought I was going to come in here and I'm like, Snape was basically right this entire scene. (laughs) He, no, I'm here for it. And he's so funny. Your head is not allowed in Hogsmeade. Like, and what is the other thing when Harry's like, Ron gave me these things from Zonko's last time, and Snape's like, you've been carrying them around this whole time. How touching. (laughs) such a burn. It's so great. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great to talk about. I can't wait for us to get into that. Um, I have about four front pages left. Go. So, all right. <clears throat> Harry needs a planner or a diary or something so he doesn't forget shit like helping Hagrid out. Get a to-do list, dude. <laughs> Buy a magical planner. <laughs> what is going on? Yep. Good job forgetting about your friend's important <laughs> trial to not execute her fucking animal friend. Bro. Yep. yep. Uh, and you know Hermione definitely gets Harry a planner at some point, and Harry does not use that planner. So, yeah, that's so. I I just find it funny because with my disorganization, I find planners to be like lifesaving. Totally. And so I'm just like, oh, you forgot this important thing? Buy a fucking planner. Yeah. Also, you're in school and doing all this like sports practice. You should have a planner, fucking anyways, Harry. I agree with you. Uh, so when Harry and Neville were talking about their vampire essays, <laughs> and Neville's like, I'm confused about the garlic. Do the vampires need to eat the garlic? It is so adorable. <laughs> and also, kind of an excellent question. Such a good question. Any vampires out there, please write in. Also, it's weird that, like, every time you see the, like, garlic and vampires thing, it's always in the pa- It's always still in the bulb. Yeah. When you think you'd want the cloves, which is... We all know the strongest part of the garlic. You've ever bitten into a raw clue of garlic. Oh, uh, my next thing is we can get into later about Harry's plan about going to Hogsmeade again. But why doesn't the invisibility cloak have like a hood or a like tie or something? It could slips off. It shouldn't slip off. It's a, the whole point of having an invisibility cloak is to not be seen. That's sh- that shit should be buttoned up, secured, like, whoa. Like, are you kidding me? It's, if this is, okay. If it works, it has a hood, right? In the first book, when he gets it, doesn't he put the hood on? I don't know. I don't get it. Because he, he wears it with Ron and Hermione, which then how does the hood work in that instance? But isn't it, I mean, basically the way it's described here, I'm like, this isn't a cloak, it's a blanket. You're just wearing a blanket that make. Why did you call it a cloak if it's just a sheet of material that makes you invisible? That is what I was thinking also this chapter. I'm like, but right. Are they just throwing a piece of cloth over themselves and calling it a cloak? Apparently. Are you guys seven years old putting a towel around your neck? Like, and even then you tie the fucking towel and make it stay there. Right. I, I don't know. I, if you're wearing it, <laughs> <sorry>. like, <laughs> so it's like a blanket. You could use like 
a belt around your middle, you know? So it's just like But then but then you the couldn't belt, really use your arms. The belt wouldn't be invisible though. Well That's if you actually... if you flooped it Oh, up, so it's the extra the flat belt sort of like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the fabric hung over the belt. It's very it's very bewildering about maybe this is a correction, I don't actually know, but what the what the what the fuck is this piece of cloth he's calling a cloak? I don't know. And yeah, let's just plan to keep an eye on how this thing works. I don't think it's consistent throughout the book. I don't think it I'm is either. Sure. Now that now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, is this like Headwood's cage where it like the size of it just moves around to fit whatever scene is happening? Yeah, I feel like yes, because the scene where he's uh, stuck on the steps and he's dropped the egg, he waves his arms to get Moody's attention, which if this is a blanket, you definitely can't wave your arms underneath the blanket without it just falling off of you. Uh, yes, you are correct. Yeah, we'll just uh, we'll just see how that we'll see. plays yeah. out. My last uh, front page is another unfortunate answer to our question in which Harry climbs up the fucking slide. Oh, shit, you're right. Or how I imagine more of a, like, shimmy climb, which should have taken him fucking forever, which maybe it did. I don't know. But it doesn't make any sense that he would do that when he was in that, like, disassociative fugue, however many chapters ago that was. Maybe it's shallow. I hope so. I mean, you can definitely climb a slide, but how easy it is varies greatly on the slope of the slide. Yeah, it would have to be pretty shallow, I would hope. Yeah. Oh my god, I have so much to say about Harry and this tunnel, this everything. Well, uh, well, I'm done with the front page, so we can we can start on that. Whatever. Great. Section... Let's let's go to editorials. Okay. Welcome to editorials, where we rant about stuff. And this is not my first editorial. However, I just want to continue this conversation. What is wrong with Harry fucking Potter? He is so bad at planning what i'm so okay come on lark put the invisibility cloak on you know how he could have avoided neville and snape twice put the invisibility cloak on you can have it on when you go in the statue you can have it on when you come out of the statue you saw neville coming around the corner put the invisibility cloak on like you know what would have happened if you had the fucking cloak on neville would have come around the corner been like whatever he was doing and he would have continued on his way without seeing you if he'd worn it to climb out of the witch's hump and then walk right the fuck past snape right up to Gryffindor Tower to sit down in the common room, maybe take a goddamn bath after playing in the gross mud. <laughs> we know he wouldn't, but I can dream. <laughs> and then Snape would come up there, like, looking for him, and Harry's like, hey, what's up? I've just been chilling in my common room, like you told me to. What? 
I he know. was like, what I does know. he say? It would be too incriminating if someone like caught him or whatever. And I'm like, no, because no one would catch you because you'd be invisible. The fuck. I'm just so frustrated. These are all excellent points because I was actually mad about different parts of the planning, but definitely but not about that part. That's so true. Harry, why are you being so ridiculous in this? I, I, I don't know. I know. It's, it's a plot device. Other than that, it's just, it's inexcusably bad planning. I mean, the whole plan itself was bad planning. It's like, dude, you should have waited to the next one, maybe, and not right after the dude who's allegedly trying to kill you was, like, out running around. Like, wait for the heat to cool, dude. (laughs) Everything. He just shouldn't have gone. It's so fr- i'm so frustrated with harry fucking potter in this it's chapter. like it's like i kind of wish hermione had in fact told mcgonagall because none of this shit would have fucking happened yeah yeah and i mean ron is not helping the situation no i think this dovetails maybe nicely into my editorial in which ron and harry are still being so fucking shady to hermione still i know even after Hagrid gives them such a good talk about fucking be friends again and stop fucking around and being shitty, yep. and then immediately they go up to the camera, up to the tower, and Ron is being so shitty to Hermione. It's like slow your fucking roll, dude. I know. Like, what did your mom just say to you? What are you literally, doing? Literally, literally just said it like ten minutes ago. I mean, it was like three hours ago. Fair. But... They stay at her hut. For three hours and don't eat anything. They definitely missed dinner. I got really stuck on that. What <laughs> happened? What did they do? Like, if you miss a meal at Hogwarts, you can't eat. So they're just at Hagrid's hut from six to nine. They just didn't have any dinner. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're going to go eat uh, honey dicks candy probably for dinner. I bet you. Probably. I know you're very upset by this, but that is, as a 13-year-old that would have done that, they totally just had candy for dinner. I actually was just thinking about in a castle, in a castle, just overrun with fucking mice and rats. Like, can you keep candy in your dorm room without it just being eaten by fucking vermin? If you keep it in your trunk, maybe. If you kept it at your bedside table, hell no. Dude, you would mice come back get to... in everywhere. This is this is true. Everywhere. I would help. I would help those school trunks are a little bit more. No, listen to me. I had mice <laughs> so bad in my last house because, like, there was just an entrance to the outside that couldn't be closed anyway, and they stashed their food supplies in the weirdest fucking places including in the puppy's crate under the cushion it's like there is a predator who would (laughs) happily eat you in this space a good chunk of the time and you're like let me put some hazelnuts here for later really mice would just be like let me eat 
a hole in this trunk and go in there and like make a nest in your socks and eat all of your candy yeah you're right and if not the mice the rats would yeah and they i mean this is why i'm like they either they have to be magically reinforced all right or all of the vermin would just eat through their shit constantly maybe their room is safe because hedwig hangs out in there and it's just eating all of the mice anyway <laughs> sorry the more you know everyone <laughs> about how cool and really hard to get rid of both rats and mice are yeah great great pets not so great on invited house guests Mm-mm. um you were saying something that was not that they were being <laughs> shitty to hermione i'm so sorry <laughs> Um, they got a stern talking to and then they went back to the tower and immediately were just monsters to hermione it like didn't sink in until crookshank is like i fucking hate you ron so i'm gonna hiss at you i oh my god god bless crookshanks and i just it makes me just keep thinking about how i imagine like you know it's book five, the the gang's living at a uh, Grimald place. And I'm just like, Kirkshank is puking in your shoes every day. Kirkshank is like peeing on your clothing every day because he fucking hates you. Yeah. And it just made me laugh to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> just Rod putting his shoe on and it's just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the true hero of the series. <laughs> I don't remember if Crookshanks, if Crookshanks is actually there, but I like yeah. want him to be. He is. I couldn't remember. Yeah, because Jenny blames something on Crookshanks, chucking dung bombs against the door to see if it's impervious. <laughs> <laughs> Store all that information in there for later. <laughs> also, that is definitely not a thing that Kat's going to play with. Like, come on, y'all. That's true. It's <laughs> too smart for that. Mm-hmm. He's like, these are gross. Um, uh, I don't I don't have anything else about them being shitty. Uh, just that they were being so shitty. Yeah, they were. Uh, my only other editorial <laughs> is now they're going to increase security and teach the doors to right? recognize serious blood. <laughs> right? What? It took y'all this long. <laughs> you fuck? already had this charm. <laughs> Why weren't you doing this immediately? It's inexcusable. <laughs> it's so wild. It's so wild. It's just like who's seriously off. Oh. It's it's after Christmas. Like it has been months. He's already broken into the castle once. And they're like, oh, I guess. It's hard. It's hard to teach a door. To recognize someone. (laughs) Just, goddammit. I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just imagining Flitwick with, like, a giant photo of Sirius Black and being like, all right, you can't let this guy in. Dora's like, but are you sure? And it's like, no, this guy, don't let this guy, I don't don't know why I'm just imagining this, like, weird back and forth. I feel like it would be more about it would be more training so it's like okay you can't let this guy in and then 
hold up a bunch of pictures of dudes that look kind of similar. They're like, can this guy come in? And the doors are like, no. And it's like, that's not serious black. That's, uh, oh God, what's his name? Who? The person that Luna says is serious black in disguise. Oh, something, something stub. Stubby. Stubby Goldman? Stubby no. Burgess? God damn it. That 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 rock the witching world rock star. Yeah, that guy. Anyway. That joke would have been so funny if I could have remembered his name. Uh anyway. So like that until it consistently only recognizes Sirius. I'm sorry, I'm just now imagining like Ginny watching like not Ginny, Luna watching this whole thing with the door. Uh Anyway, uh, so I have a I have a couple of other editorials. Okay. So going back to the troll, so like, do they have like a security company? Is there a troll in charge of this, or is there some like witch that has to be their like liaison? Also, why are you using them and not why are you using them instead of fucking dementors anywhere? Like, and I why so haven't many questions. you? Why haven't you had the increased security? I mean, the trolls don't sound like particularly safe people to have around children, but yeah, no, your question, your questions are so good and, and valid. And I mean, are these the same kinds of trolls as the troll that, what's his face led into the dungeon? I don't know. Quirrell? I'm like quibbler. Anything <laughs> that starts with a Q. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> Maybe they're yeah, like I don't I don't know I don't know. There's not been enough information about trolls for us to make any kind of decision about like is this like having security guards or is it kinda of like having guard dogs? Like what is the vibe of these security trolls? I think they're people. So then yeah, like why just not hire some security trolls all the fucking time? Oh there's always some shit go down at Hogwarts every year. Hire a couple trolls anyway. Right. Great question. So many, so many questions. I did. I do want to say. So fuck. I want to give appropriate credit. So I have to find my phone to get their name. So we asked in the last episode that came out. So the episode on chapter twelve, for an acronym to use for non-human magical people, and. Ivan sent an email today to suggest OMBs, other magical beings. I would I would like to modify it to OMPs, so other magical people. Because... I do like it. Technology curse alert. I also just want to talk about the most perfect part of this chapter, which is when Hagrid says people can be a bit stupid about their pets while Buckbeak is like spinning <laughs> on her bedspread. <laughs> like just, just so perfect. And also spoken like someone who is truly an indulgent animal parent. It's like, you know, Hagrid. I know. Don't you feel like (laughs) I always feel like it's so funny when people think that they're giving me a hard time about how well treated my dogs are. I'm like, 
do you think you're telling me something that I don't know? Obviously, my dogs get all of their physical and emotional needs met. I'm the one meeting them. Like, you're not telling... This is a weird way to attempt to tease me. Like, like, you think I don't know that I have to get up 27 times a day to pick up Jezebel's bone because it fell on the floor and she doesn't want to get it because her knees hurt? I know that. Like, (laughs) thank you. Which is then, and I can't remember if she says this before or after, Ron is like, I'll talk to her when she gets rid of her cat. Dude, she's not going to get rid of her cat, dumbass. No. What a ridiculous thing to say, Ronald Weasley. Hagrid is right. Her cat acted like a cat. The cat made a bad, did a bad thing. Hermione should have stopped it. But also, it is completely unreasonable to say that she has to get rid of Crookshanks. You'd be like, I'll talk to her again when she hires Jackson Galaxy to come to Hogwarts <laughs> and help her oh with this issue. <laughs> So I'm still just imagining Jackson Galaxy in Hogwarts and it just makes me... It's just... You know that that's where Jackson Galaxy was educated. IRL. Yeah, I mean, clearly. <laughs> and this is why Kirkshanks peed on every one of Ron's cloaks when he was living at... <laughs> when they were living together at Grimmauld Place. Yes. You know how hard it is to get cat pee smell out of clothing? Very hard. I'm sure even magic doesn't do a very good job. Obviously not. Otherwise, why would Perkins' tent smell like cat pee? Oh, fuck, you're right. We have canonical evidence for this. Oh, man. Yeah, Ron, you just... <laughs> just you wait for all those vaguely cat pee-smelling cloaks. <laughs> Actually, I can't I can't even laugh. This happened to me once. One of my cats peed on, like... I was wearing a denim vest, but it was just one small spot. So I kept getting whiffs, and I'm like, what is that? And so I go in the bathroom, like, smelling all over my denim vest. And I'm like, yep, it's right right here. Fucking walking around, smelling vaguely like cat pee. And I was like, fuck cats. Oh, yeah. Cats are the worst sometimes. Sometimes they just decide, decide that every soft thing on the floor is going to pee on. I can't tell you why. It just is. Technology curse alert. Welcome to the education section. Wait, no. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to the politics section. Yes. Where we talk about all of the things that are fucked up. Wait, is that how it goes? I should know this after <laughs> however many goddamn episodes. Um, wait, first, listeners, hi. We had a technology incident. It's three days later. We don't remember. Sorry if the last segment stopped abruptly. We don't know. Uh, and now, welcome to the politics <laughs> section, where we talk about things that are fucked up. Uh, I think we should uh, talk about precious cream puff Neville and the seriously mean things that happen to him in this fucking chapter. This shit is not his fault. Yeah. So I wrote down, Neville needs support, not punishment. This wasn't his fault. They should have accommodated him in the first place so that this wouldn't have happened. It is so profoundly inappropriate for McGonagall to be blaming Neville for what happened when what should have happened is that she should have intervened with Sir Cadigan and been like, you actually can't do this. Neville needs a 
fucking learning support advocate at Hogwarts who's like, it's inappropriate for you to, like, we have to come up with a way to have him have the, a reminder for the password that's, like, safe. God knows there yeah. has to be a spell for that. Right. Or not chain, not have 80 million passwords in a week. Right. I have a... <laughs> Since this is relevant to all of our lives, I have a password manager for all my passwords because I can't remember which one has a fucking exclamation point or an at symbol or like, you know, the number 24 in it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to remember any of that shit because right. I have a learning disability. That's why I have things to help me with this. And it's like Neville needs that help. Yeah. Neville needs a magical equivalent of like LastPass. And he should have that. He should have that. It's... And the fact that his punishment is so is, awful. It's so harsh. And it's like, people get away with fucking cursing the shit out of each other and like saying, you know, bigoted language at one another. And they never get punishments as harsh as poor Neville gets in this fucking chapter. No. It's. This is. <laughs> Correct. What is the sound for both of us just shaking our heads? <laughs> <laughs> There is some, is it, I'm going to say some sad violin, but it's more like sad violin, but then like really like angry bass in the back. I mean, not bass. I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I'm with you because we're, we're definitely not just sad. We're very, we're, we're angry. We're angry. <laughs> we really need to figure out some angry sound effects. I'm sure it's like whatever riff from a Bikini Kill song or something. Oh my god, but yeah, like really. some sort of like guitar screech. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'll go hang out with my uh, free sound bible account and see what I can find. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'll just uh, at Kathleen Hanna to be like, is it cool if we use the Bikini Kill music? <laughs> If that's the thing we're going to ask permission to use <laughs> in a podcast. <laughs> we're like breaking copyright laws left and right, just being like, we don't make money off it, don't sue us. And then you're like, no, I'm going to ask permission for this one guitar riff. Sounds good. Kathleen Hanna, please listen to our podcast. Yeah, that's the real reason. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, Anyway... I also don't like that the trolls are leering at him. What is that? Like, why is that I, in there? I hate it so much. It's very creepy. I think the least creepiest thing is that maybe they're leering at him because they want to eat him. I hope which so. Which is still dis- is still disturbing because who is supervising these trolls? Like, who is their manager? <laughs> you have these trolls as security who are... Even to Harry Potter, who is sometimes not as observant as we would like him to be, notices the trolls being weird to Neville. So it's not even subtle. It's very blatant. Can we get some kind... And I know we're not going to get any kind of intervention because professors are very stretched thin, but, like, what the fuck, y'all? You know what would have been a better thing for them to get? They should have gotten Fluffy back from book one. And put Fluffy in this corridor, and the kids could have been like, oh, Fluffy, you're so great. And then it's like, who's going to try to attack Gryffindor Tower when there's a giant 20-foot three-headed dog here? Fucking no one. It's true. And and then Neville and Dog could have hung out. It would have been great. Anyway. Yeah, I I hate it. I hate the word leering. Sorry, what were you going to say? 
No, we could have had it all. But yeah, leering is not a good word. It just it it never it doesn't never not have sexual connotations. I think exactly. Like. And so for this to be the word choice here is very uncomfortable. Yeah, like what? Why? Why? I I don't like it. I don't like it either. And continuing on things that I don't like about Neville, me and Harry Potter are in an actual fight <laughs> over his treatment of Neville in this chapter. I will never forgive him. Like, Harry Potter is going to be 75 years old, and I'm going to be like, I'm, look, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. I hold a fucking grudge whether I want to or not. <laughs> I'm going to be like, I'm still so mad at you. And Harry's going to be like, I've apologized to you, to Neville. I've done therapy. Like, why are you still holding on to this? I'm going to be like, I don't know. I tried to let go. I, too, did therapy to try to forgive you. But you know what? (laughs) I fucking haven't forgiven you. You were such a jerk to Neville in this chapter. I'm so mad. I'm. He just, when Neville came and was like, help me with my essay, Harry just should have been like, you know what? Fuck it. I can't go to Hogsmeade. I'm in a situation where, like, there's no way I can get out of it without being either, like, telling on myself or being an awful friend. Ron's gonna just have to hang out by himself. I have to go do this essay with Neville. Like... The worst part is, is that considering they're at, the kids are at Hogsmeade literally all day, Harry could've done both. He could've helped Neville with his essay and then snuck down to Hogsmeade and then when Snape was like what the fuck he could have been like I'm with Neville and Neville would have been like yeah yeah yes Neville would have said that in a heartbeat he would not have hesitated even as much as he's afraid of Snape yeah that's super true this is yeah at the very least Harry should have just like honestly even been like Neville I'm in a bad mood I'm sorry I I don't want to hang out right now You know, I actually need to go for a walk by myself. Anything other than shaking him off and being like, let me go grab my bag and then never coming back. Fuck you, Harry Potter. I, that is the worst friend behavior and I'm not having it at all. And you know that Hermione helped Neville with that essay too. She probably did. Because she's in the common room stressing the fuck out, being upset and angry, surrounded by like 80 million books. Yeah, because she would never let him down like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Harry really should have gotten shamed much more in this chapter than he did. It's like, you should totally. fucking feel bad. Feel terrible. <laughs> Everything comes up in his favor, and he doesn't deserve it at all. Mm-hmm. Which just goes to show there's no fucking justice in this world. Neville gets a goddamn howler from his grandmother. His, like, caretaker. And Harry gets off fucking scot-free. He sure does. Ugh. That's the worst. What's next? I have so many things about Snape in this section. (laughs) Uh, And I think this actually connects nicely with our previous point in which there's a point where Snape is like, you're basically a law unto yourself, and it's fucked up. And I'm like, dude, you're right. Like, Harry is just like, doing whatever the fuck he wants to without any thoughts of the consequences of his actions. And it's like, my dude. 
bro. Like, what? You deserve this dressing down because you've acted very terribly. Yeah, he did. And yes, Snape, every single thing that Snape says in this chapter is correct. This is probably the only time this will ever happen, but like... Even the part where Harry is, uh, like, my dad saved your life, whatever, whatever. Snape's response to that, 100% correct. And what's more, the information that Snape gives Harry, that James created the situation, that Snape then needed to be saved from, the fact that Dumbledore left out that crucial piece of information when he told Harry this story is super fucked up and also makes it, it, it it's like that can't possibly be the reason then that Snape hates James, you know? Isn't that how Dumbledore presents it? He resents him for saving his life and yeah, that just becomes an obvious lie that Dumbledore told Harry to what glorify Harry's dad to him or something. It's just a bunch of bullshit is what it is. It, I mean, it really is. And actually, and I actually, I kind of want to get a little bit deeper into the reveal of the quote unquote prank. It literally is attempted murder. I don't think, I don't know why we're calling it a prank. Like this was, this was attempted murder. Yeah. And and so I feel like even calling this chapter Snape's grudge is like, fuck, duh, he has a fucking grudge. I have a fucking grudge about this shit too. Like someone tried to straight up murder me. And like what and there's two scenarios in this. It's like either you get fucked up you get straight up murdered by a fellow student, or you get turned into a werewolf, which as we realized and throughout like the course of this book, is like basically the witching world considering you less than a human person. And all of the fucked up shit that comes along with that. And I think having a lot of angry feelings about being put in a situation is justified. I don't think it's... I, I mean, I'm just gesturing wildly because I don't... Yeah, the way that he expresses them, a.k.a. taking it out on Harry, not justified. His feelings, 100% justified. Grudge, I feel like, implies... That it's not justified that he should that he should let it go and i disagree with that completely yeah it isn't just like oh you like fucked up my shoes and i'm still hate you for it 20 years later <laughs> right attempted murder isn't a like a single petty thing right and here's here's the other fucked up part that I was thinking about when I was thinking more about this incident. So, I mean, we get, I don't remember if it's this book or the next book where we get the information about it being, about Snape almost being killed by Lupin. I don't remember. Is it, is it this book? We find that information? Uh, wait, what? Isn't that what Snape just but he, was talking about? But he about? didn't say that it's a werewolf that almost, that almost killed Oh, him. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. Because Snape says that, like, it would have gotten James expelled, which, considering, again, that both James and Sirius are fucking super rich purebloods, I don't think would have happened. 
Uh, mm. I doubt they would have been expelled. Uh, Lupin would have been expelled or like killed by the government because yeah. he is a werewolf that murdered or mauled, uh, you know, a student, which clearly wasn't going through any either of James and Sarah's minds. And they're like, you know, it'd be funny having our friend eat our school nemesis. Right. How fucked up would that have been for for Lupin to have eaten a peer? Like, that's probably got to be one of his, like, top three fears as a werewolf is eating someone, you know, totally. as a compassionate human being. And so, it, and, and so it makes me wonder if part of Snape's feelings is knowing compared to his sort of, like, gangly, awkward, half-blood self, that knowing that, that Sirius and James would have been not really punished for his death or maiming. Because mm. I feel like it feels very clear um, for what we know about James and the Marauders about how much purebred and wealth privilege that they both had and how that kind of informs their actions at school. Yeah. So, so I feel like in the same way that like I personally berate people who have a lot of money and do like dumb, terrible shit and don't and just get away with it. Like you know, I don't know buying their kids into college or what have you uh cheating a system for set up for kids that have learned disabilities and bribing a bunch of people right and me being angry about that i feel like this is a similar anger that i feel like snape would have against james and sirius setting all of this up and then of course nothing really happens from the fact that there was an attempted murder plot on his life right like attempted murder is still not great everyone like it's, it's it's a crime in a lot of places is attempted murder. I, yes, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It's just it's it's like it's just fucked up all the way down. It's like layers of yeah. fucked upness. The deeper you look, totally. Uh, speaking of fucked up things happening to Snape, this whole chapter is just full of people gaslighting Snape mostly Lupin you know Harry and Ron are children they're just lying and poorly uh their lies are very reminiscent it's been a while since I've done an Eddie Izzard reference <laughs> I think we have to get like one per book, honestly. I think is maybe our running track record right now. Minimum, yeah. So he has a whole shtick about the way that kids lie, which basically is summed up in, you know, their expert lying comes down to I was on the moon with Steve. <laughs> and I feel like that's exactly how well Harry and Ron are lying right now. They're not doing a super good job. Lupin comes in, though, and turns Harry and Ron's lies into gaslighting through his own gaslighting of being like, oh, everything that they have said is completely true. And I have no idea what you're talking about. And clearly this is a big misunderstanding. I'll just be taking this and Harry and be going. It's so that that is terrible. 
it's really awful and i'm mad at lupin for the first time because you shouldn't treat people like that yeah it was very fucked up also very transparent because i feel like the facial description that harry was trying to describe that lupin had was the like oh fuck <laughs> like i don't remember how harry described it but i'm like he was like oh shit yeah totally you like have the map and then you have harry and then it's like you're you're just like yeah it's like the homer backing into the bushes gif is like really happening but he can't because he needs to like shamefully do the thing to get the map array from snape which there could have there could have how easy would it have been for lupin to look at the map and say wow yeah that does seem like it might be full of dark magic i'm gonna take this to my office and take a closer look at it thank you so much for bringing it to my attention severus that was very responsible of you and i will be doing due diligence as the defense against the dark arts teacher which would have been way better right still would have gotten the map out of there still could have diffused the situation been like I, you know, and I'll, I'm going to talk with Harry about it because this is very serious. We're going to go to Dumbledore, whatever. He, he could have done all of that in a way that didn't treat Snape like shit. Yeah. And there's like, I don't want to say not any reason, but Lupin did Harry a solid where you're like, Harry gets away without being punished when it's like, actually, he probably should have been punished. Totally should have been punished. And I don't know if part of maybe Lupin's rationale is his feelings that are coming up throughout this entire year about like Sirius and the Marauders and all the risky, dangerous, illegal shit he used to do that created a situation where he was just like, I'm just going to take all this. We're just going to make this all go away until I am back in control. I can go back to my office and cry for a while about this. Yeah. Uh, Harry, I'll do it again. That was shitty. I'm out. Not that, right. and not that's not a, a justification for all the for him literally like gaslighting Snape. Because you're right, he could have just been like, "Yep, you're right. This is full of some dark magic. What the fuck? Better go check this out." Right. Oh no, I'll be in charge of Harry's detention at Hell Hat the rest of the year. Don't worry. Right. Exactly. Which Harry deserved if not for having the Marauders map, at the very least, for going to Hogsmeade when he's not allowed to go to Hogsmeade, you know? So, yeah, and I, you know, obviously I understand Lupin was super caught off guard. He did not expect to see that map. There's definitely an indication that Snape knows about the map, question mark, which is interesting and confusing to me. I I assume that Snape deeply suspects that it is something that the Marauders created. Only because if they were using these their nicknames in school out loud to one another, which right. it seems like they were, then if Snape is like, oh, Mrs. Mooney, Padfoot, Prongs, and Wormtail, it's like, that sounds very familiar. Right. Which... It's actually very not very well thought out for the Marauders' end. They should have picked other nicknames. Like, 
<laughs> secret. What, 15? There's no... I know. Oh, and I... Side note, just of what you were saying about Lupin's sort of state of mind with all of this stuff coming back and his reflecting on having been like the things he did as a marauder and all of that just that must be so so intense for him because i mean you know that feeling when you're hanging out with like a high schooler and they're tiny baby infants and then you remember what you were doing as a high schooler and then you feel very upset lupin is a very extreme example of that feeling of like you're you literally were born 12 and a half seconds ago (laughs) and when i was your age i was like doing drugs and having sex and i hate everything about that it's very upsetting and lupin's like when i was your age i was a werewolf (laughs) with three friends who went running around in the woods and got up to all sorts of shenanigans that's worse right and that must be so awful for him to see harry and experience the adult feelings of thinking about harry sneaking through the tunnels to hogsmeade and then reflecting on his own childhood and just being like that cognitive dissonance that's just the worst feeling i mean he had a moment where he or Lupin was like, oh, the map makers would have been very amused to lure you out of Hogwarts. And right. just, I'm like, what specific memory are you thinking about right now, Lupin? <laughs> right. Oh, I, feel, I feel like secondhand embarrassment for Lupin somehow. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel very secondhand cringy for a fictional character i just want everyone to know that right now like i'm like clutching my chest because i'm like oh my god (laughs) being a teacher must be awful honestly being a high school teacher must be so terrible it's it must be equally terrible at hogwarts considering how long you live and how small it is where it's like you grow up with people and then you teach their children and then you teach their grandchildren and you're just like yeah it just it must be so surreal yeah and also really awkward so awkward it's like oh your parents are straight laced now you should have known what they were getting up to in the astronomy tower 20 years ago (laughs) Yeah, they wouldn't be sending you a howler for kissing some muggle girl would they Anyway, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Welcome to Advertisements, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. Do you love The Gaily Prophet? Do you get a thrill of excitement from supporting queer creators? Well, guess what? You can both support queer creators and get even more Gaily Prophet goodness. By joining our Patreon. We offer some really rad stuff on our Patreon. Uh, we have the Queebler, where me and Lark create a fan fiction, Brown Robin style. Uh, we have bonus clips from all of our episodes. We have videos and more. And you can check it out and see how cool it is by going to patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. 
Yes, you can also support us some other ways, like telling everyone you know about our podcast, which is the best way, maybe, to support us for free, because that's how we get new listeners, and that's great. Uh, Also, leaving us a rating and review on iTunes is super helpful, because then when people go to check out our show, there's a bunch of evidence of how much people love our show. Uh, you can follow us on social media at the Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and the Gaily Prophet Podcast on Tumblr. Uh, and you can buy our merchandise at thegailyprophet.com. You can also listen to our new podcast, Escape from <laughs> Reality, <laughs> uh, which is where we read Carry On by Rainbow Rowell and talk about it the same way that we talk about Harry Potter here. So, uh, check all of those things out do all of those things it's super great and fun all right next up i should have practiced this i believe in you are you stuck inside and bored are you thinking about breaking the rules set by experts in order to keep both you and those around you safe because you just need a little fun in any ways it's not like it's that big a risk you need don't do that you fuckhead Don't Do That, You Fuckhead is a high-quality product that stops you from making extremely irresponsible choices. It works in a variety of situations, including but not limited to being an absolute ass to your friends, incriminating people who care about you, and of course, violating reasonable and highly important policies that are designed to literally save you from dying. Try Don't Do That, You Fuckhead and enjoy freedom from being an actual fucking monster. (laughs) I love how timely this is. Very, Thank you. Uh, very pertinent to current events. Um, hope everyone is still washing your hands and wearing a mask. And not hanging out with people that you don't live with, even if you're six feet apart. I don't care. And that thing also. <laughs> do you want to be like Harry Potter in this chapter? You do not. You do not. It's <laughs> not a good look. <laughs> Uh, stay safe, everyone. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Health and science. Health and or science. Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. The map. The map is, I think, definitely full of some shady and or lightly dark magic. Because how the fuck does this work? Um, the last thing we saw that had such incredible abilities was a literal horror crux. So what the fuck is this? Here's mean? let's bring some philosophy into the health and science section. Is the difference between dark magic and not dark magic intention? I would say I think it depends. Because we see both in these books. Like, I don't think that there is a good reason to use the Cruciatus Curse. I don't think you could argue for a moral or ethical reason to use that. No. I do wonder, though, about... I mean, are there some things dark because it's like... There's, like, blood magic involved or something... Because, I mean, 
one of the main you know foundations of this book is that Harry is protected by the blood sacrifice of his mother, which I'm sure there are blood sacrifices and dark magic that uh, happen, but we also get you know so. I think what I'm trying to say is it's probably both intention and then also logistics. Mm-hmm. I'm sh- like again, like there is good magic that I'm sure requires life and blood sacrifices. I'm willing to bet most of them aren't good. <laughs> but it makes me wonder, like, if there are. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Marauders map involves some kind of weird bloodletting or some kind of so kinky (laughs) (laughs) i mean the mirage are definitely doing weird whatever weird sex magic looks like in the witching world i bet making the marauders map involved a lot of weird sex magic just saying oh yeah totes definitely is that dark magic well it depends on how puritan people are i don't i mean i don't know I mean, again, oh like there are consensual ways for people to do bloodletting and experience pain, and then there are not consensual ways for people to experience bloodletting and you know pain. So I think right. I feel like intention is like most of it, but there's still the part of like how your intentions are playing out in the physical world on living creatures and stuff. So here's here's the thing. I can't believe this is going to come out of my mouth. I am thinking about Riddle's journal and the Marauder's map as being the two. I think of both of them kind of existing kind of through a form of like magical coding, like computer coding. Yeah. They're like the two extremes of things that come out of 4chan. (laughs) One is like the anonymous that brings down evil corporations and one like helps pedophiles find victims, right? Yeah. Like, two oppositionally opposed things using the same means, right, to accomplish those ends. And I don't think that 4chan itself, I I think 4chan itself is neutral, right? It exists. People do with it what they will. But the fact that it happened through 4chan doesn't make it either good or bad. So I don't know that the magic itself can be qualified as dark or not dark. So I want to I actually want to continue to I want to continue with this metaphor for thinking about if magic sort of functioning or being a metaphor for technology. Mhm. And technology not being as neutral as people think it is because it is still created by people who have biases and in the real world a lot of our technology is created by white dudes like that's just statistically who are the people who are creating software coding websites creating things like 4chan and google and facebook are just are white dudes with a white dude mind frame and a white dude mentality mm-hmm. um, and so you get so you get things like lyft and uber that are skirting around Uh, local laws about cab drivers but you don't get a similar thing for sex workers to be able to you know do their business without like safely and without having to like deal with the law 
at all, which right. we no technology could do, but and was doing, and then got fucking shut down by Foster Sesta too. So yes, but the fact that we can have Lyft and Uber and Bird and all these other kind of technologies, like transportation technologies that skirt local laws, and that, but it doesn't extend to, you know, sex work, which would make the lives of women and queer people so much safer. Right. Means just shows that it is once you dig underneath technology, it's really it's not as neutral as it seems. And so I feel like magic must be the same way. And even though we've determined that there does not seem to be any gender or sex or race based differences in the way that you can do magic, it does still seem like a lot of magic we we see is created by dudes like a lot of the textbooks are written mm. by men i mean obviously we have a variety of you know teachers in hogwarts and so i guess it makes me wonder if part of what makes dark magic is fucked up which is creating these spells mm. you know i guess it goes i guess it does go back to intention but do you know I... no 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 i totally hear you i so here's a thing that i'm thinking about is like the only thing that i could see that would make magic unequivocally dark would be either it only serves to harm people like imperio and cruciatus and avada kedavra and honestly a lot of other hexes that for some reason aren't illegal they're just not bad enough but you know, Sectum Sempra, absolutely dark magic. The only thing you can do with it is hurt another person. Or magic that in order to achieve the ends involves harm, right? And so that would even include something like uh, Season 6 Buffy, spoiler, <laughs> uh, the spell that Willow does to bring Buffy back because it involves like sacrificing an innocent life like sacrifices are powerful but like a sacrifice that involves death that's automatically makes something dark magic regardless of whether or not the outcome of the spell that you do is dark right but i guess my question is like can something like the marauder's map be full of dark magic in the same way because the marauder's map doesn't take anyone's agency away the way that riddle's diary does it might like think it's funny to lure harry out of the castle but honestly from what we've seen how we've seen harry interact with the map all it does is be a map you know well it shows the descendium thing but it will never do that again so i like that's a correction i have to pretend it didn't exist because it's inconsistent (laughs) but it insults people and it is a map like i it doesn't do anything you know what i mean i feel like this is kind of like the argument about whether or not the argument about like porn right it's like most media has a message that it's sending and so we can be like this media sends a message that we don't approve of porn exists solely for its own sake and is not trying to convince anyone of anything or delivering any like moral messages no matter how fucked up the porn is you like go to watch a specific thing 
and like it isn't like mass marketed does that make sense yeah a movie that's like children come watch this movie the messages in that movie which have been marketed to all children therefore need to be looked at in a way that something like porn doesn't need to be examined because no one's trying to force anyone to come consume porn and you have agency about what porn you're consuming and like what you want so it's like even the grossest porn out there isn't trying to convince anyone of anything you know so like i feel like the marauders map is closer to porn (laughs) it exists for its own sake and it's not trying to like do anything to anyone it just like is yeah does that make sense no it does it, it makes a lot of sense it actually has me thinking that m- maybe the map is also a little bit like so there's a search engine DuckDuckGo where they don't track your shit uh-huh. and they're big on like privacy which I'm sure a lot of people look at right. used to look at the porn. map is like running Linux absolutely and so yes. and so you can do I'm sure look up I don't want to say illegal things, but like look up whatever things you don't want people to know about on it because you're like, oh, no one's watching me. But I'm sure a lot of people are just going to like, right, look for porn or like, I'm going to read the Anarchist Cookbook. Oh, wait, it sucks. JK, why is everyone talking about this book? You know? Right. Like, <laughs> and so, yeah, I just think that the map probably uses uh, spells that people use to do dark magic, but maybe isn't necessarily dark itself. Right. Like how people use a, a Tor to access the dark web and a lot of people are just, are just buying drugs and they're not looking for kidney porn, you know? Right. Or like finding a fucking kidney because the system is rigged against people who need organs. Like, right. yeah. Exactly. For sure. This is <laughs> probably the nerdiest conversation we have ever had on this incredibly nerdy podcast we just compared the martyrs map to so many things it is <laughs> basically the dark web uh but it's okay because harry's just trying to buy candy <laughs> <laughs> it is the child's version of the silk road uh oh, my God. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. So if anyone wants to write a no magic AU where the Marauders are just hackers, it the setup is all there. Totally. Just... We just, oh my God, please, <laughs> please everyone go write about how the Marauders map is like open source software that, whatever, this is incredible. I can't even. <sighs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I think I have a, a little bit less nerdy conversation about the map, which is, I guess, going back to Snape trying to give it just regular ass verbal commands, like reveal yourself and not a spell. Such a good question. I was really weirded out by that. So I guess that must mean there's a precedence for magical documents to be spells, not like whatever reveal is in fucking Latin. Revealio. Revealio. It's just like, reveal yourself. Or what... But what is, what is the purpose of something that... Of, of having something be wiped blank that you can make not blank by just saying, reveal yourself. <laughs> like, <laughs> I assume that that's like trying to 
quote unquote hack into something by using like password one two three four five. Maybe it's yeah, or it's like the like kids diaries that have like the key but if you just like pull hard enough it just opens those are a ripoff why even put a lock <laughs> that you can easily just pry off with your fingernail novelty i did actually have a diary like that it was pretty great um yeah, me too. <laughs> i mean the only other thing i could think of is snape using verbal commands on the map as the maybe most child-friendly uh thing he could be doing in front of harry versus like whatever curse breaking or quasi dark magic you would use to like reveal a thing mm. yep i don't know maybe it's correction i don't know it's very confusing it does prevent it does it is confusing definitely a thing to ponder on yeah what what all that means because we don't see much other things in the witching world that does that you just like talk to i mean i guess the Passwords to the common rooms, kind of. You have a password, you go in. Yeah. Alright, I just have a couple of things. Um, okay. One is that uh, putting animals on trial is a real thing that happened in medieval Europe. Yeah. Say more. Uh, what? <laughs> I didn't do enough research to adequately talk about this, but there is an excellent episode of the podcast Criminal, the very first episode, actually episode one, where they discuss a little bit about a pig in the Middle Ages being put on trial for eating a baby. What is, what does the trial look like? I don't remember because it's been a really long time since I listened to that episode, but I know they talk about it. That is wild. Yeah. Welcome. To corrections where we correct stuff so the shrieking shack is rumored to be the most haunted place in britain mm -hmm. we know this is a lie because it was just lupin mm -hmm. how is the, the rumor of the shrieking shack still going on if you could literally ask a ghost hey what's up with that haunted place like are they, do they all just know that lupin is a werewolf and it's not actually haunted Someone said even the ghosts avoid it. Who said that? Someone told us that. Even the Hogwarts ghosts won't go there. So then how do people know it's haunted? There's no way to confirm this. The, no, and it like just... Did they build that house <laughs> when Lupin got to school and then immediately board it up and be like, this place haunted, built on a cemetery by accident. <laughs> The old story, you know, like, I don't know what, I don't know. How do they do this? It's absurd. An entire family was murdered here and no one would, and every person who brought the house moved out two months later. Wait, that's the riddle house. Oh, fuck it. It is the riddle house. <laughs> it is literally the riddle It is house. like half of the like haunted houses though in the US. No, I know. I know. But yeah, it is really the, the riddle house. Yeah, no, it's like, and it, and it. Lupin graduated. Harry's 13. They're 21. He graduated, what, 17 years ago or something like that. And so there hasn't been shrieking in the shack for 17 years. And yet the rumor persists. Is 
I mean, maybe Dumbledore just goes in there and puts on like a Halloween CD <laughs> once, like a couple times a year, just in case he has another werewolf student come through that he needs to use the shack for. He like shakes the walls of his magic to make it. Yeah. Oh, can we please make this be true? It's like really endearing, and I like it. <laughs> maybe there has been more than one werewolf student though since Lupin. Oh, that's true. That would make sense. That would make sense. Let's go with that. How cool would it have been if one of Harry's classmates from the jump was like a werewolf? That would have been really cool. I mean, I don't trust J.K. to have written that, but... No. <laughs> if we wrote it, it would have been very cool. <laughs> so many gay werewolves. <laughs> Alas. Uh, you two want to read gay uh, werewolf romance fantasy novels so if you know of any please let me know because i do want to read that yeah definitely uh okay now i actually am done great thank you for listening to the gaily prophet if you like this podcast which you do be sure to check out our new podcast escape from reality that's e-s-g-a-y-p-e where we read carry on by rainbow rowell and talk about it humorously yet ruthlessly and it's fantastic uh, if you want to know more about my life, <laughs> you could follow me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit or on Instagram at Live from Detroit. Rufio, why are you singing a little song? <laughs> if you want to know more about Rufio, you should follow Lark on Instagram. <laughs> if you want to know about Rufio, please follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Lark Malachi. That's L A R K M A L A K A I. Or uh, check out my website that doesn't have Rufio on it, which is larkmalagai.com. The music in this show for our theme song and spoiler warning by Kevin McLeod. Our spoiler warning is by the ever-talented Sarah Sarwar. Our logo and any hand-drawn art that you might see on our social media is by Theo Julian Forrester. Um, you can buy prints of the art and our logo on our website. So please do that. Yeah, do do that. So I'm about to say until next time, but I just want to let you know that my co-star notification for today told me to learn a new word. And I was like, oh, great. I'm recording. Jesse's definitely going to teach me a word. So I wanted to say that first, just so that it didn't seem like I was like retroactively being like, <laughs> just... So here we go. Until next time. <clears throat> Hoisted with his own petard. Which is, so as the explanation about this saying is that a petard is a type of bomb. And so if you're hoisted by your own petard, you have been injured or thrown by your own bomb. Which is literally what happens to Harry in this chapter. Yeah, you nailed it. Thank you so much for fulfilling my horoscope. <laughs> You're a great friend. <laughs> That's just, I feel so satisfied. I don't know why. It's like so great. Oh, man. Instant horoscope gratification. Awesome.